0: Welcome to the Spoken Not Stirred podcast from Studio Free Arts. My name is Dauda Ladijabi, Poet-in-Residence at Studio Free Arts. And every month, I'll be bringing you the latest and best from the world of poetry and spoken word. With special guests, reviews, insider info and some surprises. So, let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome to Spoken Not Stirred. I am your host, Dauda Ladajabi. So, in this instalment, we have a great conversation lined up with our February feature, which was Antonio Jade King. And at the end of the conversation, Antonio gives a great prompt for anyone who may be looking for inspiration for their item. So, without any further delays, let's get straight into it. Hope you enjoy. (laughs) And we are back. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to Spoken Up Sturred podcast. We are joined by the ever-amazing glasses on fleek and
1: talking. <laughs> Hiya.
0: How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you been?
1: I am all right, hanging in there. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. First off, thank you for featuring. It was oh,
1: you're welcome.
0: Ah uh, no, we 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 were Seriously, blown away. Yeah, just for you know, we'll just have a conversation really about you and your adult poetry and you know what you've been up. So, um, first off, really and truly, you know, what got you into poetry? What was your drive
1: no I remember it was I think it was second or third year at uni and there was this little spoken word night downstairs in the like you know how most unis have the kind of cafe which is also a bar which is also the canteen which is also like just where everything happens it was there and I remember I just stumbled on it completely in accident I was actually in pajamas because I lived upstairs Um, I remember just kind of like sitting down and watching some of like the the local poets and the student poetry and it was really good and I just remember going upstairs and being quite inspired and thinking there's stuff I want to say um and then I just kind of never looked back yeah yeah Where, where did you go uni I went to Royal Holloway in Egham where Royal Holloway in Egham. No one knows my uni. It's um, it's this like quite small campus uni. It's technically University of London, but it's because like, the like, University of London is split into like loads of colleges. Oh, um, and one is in Surrey. And when I when I signed up to go there, I did think it was in actual London. So I got slightly duped and spent like three years in Surrey. But it was cool. It's a really lovely. It's a really lovely uni.
0: Wait, Egham.
1: Egham. Sorry. Yeah, literally the only thing now is the campus.
0: I, I don't know why. It's expected that you was writing from young. You've got this kind of or oh. in your writing that I would have thought that you was just being, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you no, know, like child writers. I, I thought you was one of...
1: Oh, that's, that's sweet. I mean, like I I did, I'm, I've always kind of been interested in novels, so i've had like novel ideas from a bit younger but in terms of like poetry it was it was yeah second year of uni i mean i still think 18 19 is quite young i look back at me on that age and i'm like i was a literal baby but um
0: what was you like every 18 19 year old and thought you had it figured out
1: oh 100 i thought i knew everything and i even even the poetry i look back on some of the poetry i wrote at that age and the embarrassment is very real. I can't believe I ever like said that in front of people. But you know, growth. We move. We grow.
0: We develop. Thank God. I've I've lost a lot of my poetry, and part of me thanks thanks <laughs> the fact that I don't have to read back some of the stuff I've written like when I was that age. Because yeah, even the stuff I I've been able to look back on. I, I like. How that did you thing. lose your poetry? Because uh, I, I write a lot of stuff on my phone and I used to lose phones like so irresponsibly. I look back at it now <laughs> and I, like, I lost phones. I can see I could see where the stress of my parents would come and why they would <laughs>
1: when
0: on my phone because I did lose quite a few phones. And um wow. I used to write on newspaper as well. Like I don't I never why well, like, even now I've got notebooks, but I uh-huh. will
1: paper. <laughs> Okay, just like random, random bits of like A4 paper. That's quite reckless in a very interesting way. I, I quite, I quite actually rate that as a creative process. Uh, so what do you do with the bits of paper? Do you then put it online?
0: No, I hope I learn it. Because oh, I... Okay. I put it online. Like...
1: Right.
0: I post performances, post videos. I don't post it right. So... Yeah, yeah, it is so You
1: write it on a bit of paper to memorise it, record it, post it. And That actually does yeah, that.
0: Yeah, that's essentially it. And then if, if you lose the paper and you don't remember your poem...
1: Yeah, that sounds really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as fun as writing a book, though. Ah. Ah. And that's, um, you know, definitely one way to never lose your poem. So...
1: I mean, yeah, for sure. I have had to buy quite a few copies because I've lost my copy, though. Uh, which is which is fun. But, um, like, I'm, I'll go to a gig and I'll, like, try and get it to read from and I'll, I'll have lost it. But, yeah, that is that is one way. Or oh, Google Docs.
0: Writing on a laptop is weird. That's interesting. How is that your process? What is your, yeah. what is your mind process? What's your mind process?
1: I always start with paper. Um, always start with paper, and then usually put it on Google Docs, and then it's there. Because I used to, I used to be more of like a, a recording performances or memorizing it to go to a night and perform. But I'm a bit more like pagey. I'm a bit more like pagey now. So yeah, I tend to, I tend to put it off online. Also, because I'm playing around with form a bit more than I used to. Um, I like seeing it on page and working out how it looks.
0: So. I have never really understood like form. <laughs> like like just well,
1: we're both using our hands more well, form is weird. I still I think I probably understand like two percent of it. Um yeah, it's it's it actually that like, came from when I was writing the book because before I hadn't really thought about it and then I kind of thought about the page a bit more when I was actually like looking into publishing and working a lot with Amy at Bad Betty on like how it looks and using the page almost as a poetic device. Almost as you'd use any any other poetic device, making it work for the poem, thinking, okay, what makes sense for the poem? How should this poem look? How can I use how the poem looks to contribute to meaning? And it's really fun. It's actually really fun. I never thought I'd get into it. Again, like at 18, 19 when I was just like writing down things to say I never thought like all these years later I'd be like playing around with form and stuff but it's it's really good fun I like it a lot.
0: So, and do you think that process of writing for page as opposed to you know writing to purely perform mm-hmm. changed the way well it's changed your poetry it's changed the way you write your poetry well in the essence but also changed how yeah. you and um, I guess flows or is delivered or how you then deliver that message on well,
1: See, that's that's a really good question I want to say yes but I don't know if it's necessarily changed by poetry or just given me another aspect of poetry to think about like I don't I don't actually know that it's changed the words it's changed the content it's changed what I want to do with poetry but I think it's given me I think it's definitely given me something else to think about within my poetry so I would say Yes and no. I like to think it hasn't changed my content too much. I still I still very much think orally when it comes to poetry, like that, that is still where my head goes most of the time. But it's it's definitely given me something else to think about, I would say.
0: It's an odd thing with this whole performance as a poetry, mm-hmm. poetry. And I think poetry is poetry and you know, performance is just how you deliver. You can deliver page poetry or well, any poetry in a performance kind of element. So oh. I think sometimes we, because we're not thinking of all of the other things that page poetry mm-hmm. would, would deliver, we yeah. limit ourselves in how, in what we can write and what we do as you know performance poets. So no, I can definitely definitely see it adding an asset, adding something extra to your poetry rather than it just changing it totally or taking away. But I think it's just an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think like it's really interesting in the scene. There's almost like this kind of odd divide. Which seems to have that seems to have almost developed between like people who are more performance poets and people who are pagey. And it's so unnecessary because some of my like favourite poetry collections are from poets that started on the stage and still spend the majority of time on the stage. Like Dinez Smith's collections are some of the most objectively beautiful collections I've ever read, regardless of that like kind of false dichotomy that that has kind of developed. And I feel like if the poetry's good, it's gonna work in both arenas. And I think this also goes for page poets who maybe think like, Oh, I can't put together a good performance, no one's gonna wanna, no one's gonna wanna see this on stage, you need to spend more time with my poetry and stuff. And I feel like I'm really, I'm definitely with you on that. Like poets really shouldn't limit themselves to either exclusively performing or not performing. And I would urge performance poets to put together like manuscripts and send them off to publishers and stuff because yeah performance poetry collection's bang, and there were some awesome presses that focus most of their time on on publishing like performance poets so yeah I would I would definitely I would definitely agree
0: yeah sick 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 and um I, I like how um from you know you said how page poets also um would feel like they can't performance i I feel like performance is performance and in in every element so it's just a thing to work at um just find you know your voice within what you've written which you probably know because you've written it (laughs) and then just bring it yeah totally um i remember i did one um bolts poet project thing and um it was the first time i had to think about what a poem looks like on page because it was definitely gonna be published kind of thing and yeah that it was it was an interesting it was an interesting experience i can see how how would it adds something and you think a bit differently sometimes as well And you know it's definitely going to be a printed thing so no that is interesting so we touched on content for a second there so yeah. just with regards to like what's your what is your conscious decision because your your poetry is um, when I was first introduced to your poetry it was very much you know your identity as um yeah it's your identity and it had that Maya feel to it you know like, <laughs> like 100, 100 I think it's also because like you know
1: yeah.
0: no yeah. like, you know you're um uh, you are a fan <laughs> so I think yeah that, that it really came out but are you conscious on content or are you like a free write and what comes out comes out both
1: I think um yeah both I would say there's definitely some times where I'll think oh, okay this event has happened I've had this really in-depth conversation with someone um I've had this day where we've gone somewhere and I kind of think there might be a poem in there and I'll work on it that way and there are other times where I'll just sit down 10 minutes to free write and then see if something comes out so I would I would say both I would say yeah there's definitely things that I want to approach with poetry and then I'll do that and there are other times when I just write for the sake of writing and see if something develops, I would say. Um, I journal every night as well um, for like a minimum of 10 minutes and a lot of a lot of my poetry will kind of um, come from, yeah, journal entries. It's definitely like I've tried to be a bit more external with my poetry in the past, like write about things that don't affect me so much and it hasn't gone well. <laughs> no I just I just can't like I don't know if it's because I'm a Leo or just because I'm not that skilled at writing out of my experience yet it could be either but <laughs> could be both but I just when when I try and write about situations that aren't in my life I don't know I read it back and it just seems inauthentic
0: mm.
1: I don't know why um, it would it, it's something that I would like to get better at because I don't like the fact that i'm a poet who can't really write outside of my own experiences that doesn't feel right to me but it's just something i haven't cracked yet
0: ah uh, no i know the feeling <laughs> yeah know.
1: are you the same
0: yeah yeah i'm um, yeah to a large extent i i'm always very conscious of like trying to take the poetry out of myself i don't know i i think it's an easy thing to do as poets as well because and it makes sense because where you're talking from your perspective you're talking through your voice for yours it's it's The natural thing to do, I think, also, is just to always talk from your, you know, from from your perspective. So, I totally understand it, and I I think it's, it's, it's difficult. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know how, but I, but I also feel like, if it's your voice and if that's how it comes out, I'd rather it come out like that, Mm -hmm. but sound inauthentic, and like...
1: It is also something to be wary of when you're writing about something outside of your own experiences. I think, particularly if it's a political situation, or yeah, I would say it's something to exercise caution on, and something I haven't really grasped yet. And even like outside of political situations and the kind of Facebook poetry, like I've got friends who like this like amazing poetry about myth and legend, uh, or like nature,
0: and I just I can't. Nature poetry is amazing. <laughs> like,
1: I love it. I would love to, like, be able to do it, but I just, I can't, I can't. I'd love to be able to write, like, yeah, about myth and legend as well. Like, I've had some even, like, amazing sci-fi poetry.
0: Have you tried? I was, like, have you approached it? Have you sat yeah. down? Okay. What, what, yeah, what,
1: yeah. what did you... It <laughs> <start? laughs> did not go... As I say, like I read, I read stuff back, and unless it's unless it's literally about my life, I just haven't cracked that yet. I keep trying. What else can we do? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Keep trying, keep attempting. One day I'll crack it.
0: Please. Yeah. Uh, do Do you find that in, in this? Because personally, for me, I feel like one 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 thing that could be holding people back is also this age of not not wanting to say the wrong things. About something we don't know about. Do you find that a lot, especially, you know, trying to write for something outside of your experience, do you find that as a restriction? So
1: I'm trying to think, like, because when I try and write outside of my um, my own experiences, it doesn't tend to be, like, political as such, so it doesn't tend to, like, be about... Um, an event that's affected a marginalised group I'm not part of it doesn't it tends to be me trying more to like approach I don't know sci-fi writing or nature poetry or anything like that but I think I think it is something that is probably holding other writers back oh my gosh I know like (laughs) towards the last year when obviously the George Floyd event happened and there were a lot of there was a lot of like white allies trying to write poetry and it was it was an interesting time to to be a poet on social media, and I just I just, I just feel like exercise caution. I would say, yeah, I would say. So I don't want to like tell people like they can't approach certain things with poetry, or that this caution should hold them back. But I would also say, does this need to be a poem that you write? If that makes sense, like just. Does this does this need to be something that you write and then share? Yeah. And if you feel like the answer is yes, then I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. But I would just urge you to ask that question to yourself.
0: And that's a really good that's a that's a good way to approach posting stuff online in general. Is your voice? And I think one of the questions is: Is your voice relevant for this right now? Is it like, I understand you have yeah. written right and you your emotions and your thoughts are Is your voice relevant?
1: yes yes for sure and does and yeah and does this need to be something that you post publicly as well because I would also urge people to journal and and write for the sake of writing not sharing if you're trying to think through your take on something and how you fit into something and how you can support the people in your life and how you can I don't know, interrogate certain parts of yourself that you feel like you need interrogating. You should absolutely do that with writing. But then the sharing is maybe (laughs) where you can think, okay, so writing this poem was really good for me in terms of interrogating how I feel about this event and what I can do moving forward to best support people in my life and all of that. And I get that. I get how there's some writing you need to do in there. But do I need to read it? Do I need to be involved in this internal process that you're having? Because the minute you make something public, you you you
0: inviting everyone else into it. Yeah, and like it's so it's so true and so real. But I I read something earlier today, and I I think Mm it it adds to what that situation could be about. It was about Mm -hmm. how like artists have become content creators, and you know, art. That's That's interesting. Content. And it drives us to then basically just just keep putting things out and may, maybe that very much, um, you know, it plays into that not being able to think too far forward how relevant your voice is in certain things because it's content. Yeah. Do you feel with your poetry that you are, and, you know, your social media, that you are driven by the content era? Like, do you, do you feel that urge to share or have you, are you just very content? content knowing that, you know, my stuff is gonna come out at this time and you know you've got your book yeah. out and
1: stuff like that. It's interesting because I would say yes, but I don't often do that with poetry. Um, I used to. I used to be the person where something would happen and I'd think, oh, okay, this is this is like something I need to write and share. But now I just kind of I share my opinions about things separate to poetry, I would say. Um increasingly so my poetry's become a bit more yeah a bit more introspective I would say maybe I don't want to say less political because personal political and all of that but I would say less Facebook video type political so I'll just I'll 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 share I'll share my opinions about things separately to poetry I would say now so I'm definitely someone who wants to share my opinions I feel like that's just a part of who I am um but I've kind of stopped doing that with poetry, I would say, now. Which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure how long that'll happen because there's definitely been some stuff where I'm like, okay, I feel like there's a poem here. But at the moment, I tend to more just go on Twitter rants and then worry about something different.
0: All right, cool, cool. cool. I haven't got into Twitter rants yet. I don't.
1: I, I'm oh, thinking... you do jokes on Twitter. You should. I
0: don't understand Twitter. I, I, I'm I not. I feel like an old person, I can't lie to you. <laughs> like, you know, Twitter was, was the first app that made me feel old. But obviously now TikTok's come around. Oh
1: uh, yeah, I was gonna say Twitter's for kinda our generation. I would say TikTok's the one that like I'm leaving to the to the eighteen year olds because it's way too creative for me. Like I don't like f- they're fully doing like video editing and
0: there's a lot I really
1: making films just on an app it's very confusing I'll stick to just yeah to runs, I think I follow them all because like I'm just I'm in awe of that generation and their creativity and their political drive Um so I just kind of watch and clap from afar
0: yeah I, I think that's one thing I've been quite surprised by. is the political element I mean TikTok at one point was you know a big driver for I think it was the US elections and stuff like that so it's like
1: yeah, did you hear a bunch of eighteen-year-olds bought out all the tickets to a Trump rally and then just didn't turn up because they were free? So yeah. they just like booked out entire stadiums and then just didn't turn up.
0: A whole political movements off TikTok. That's,
1: political movements, yeah, for sure.
0: That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, wanted to also talk about because you know, next to the poetry, you've been you've just been out here just like making lives. So what were you? We huh? Your masters you did now? No, you've done your masters. What you did?
1: PhD, trying, attempting. <laughs> I was like, what? At it. Yeah.
0: How's that balance been of like the study element, which is you know research heavy and kind of yeah. <laughs> all of that? And then balancing that with the poetry and writing a book and all of that research and all of that different yeah. writing as well. Um what yeah, how's that been?
1: That's really nice of you to assume that I have successfully balanced it because I wouldn't even, I wouldn't. That's very kind of you to assume that I've I've successfully managed to do that. I would argue that I haven't. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for that assumption. Um, do you know what though? <laughs> what I would say is because I'm someone who like, I'm always like spend time with your poetry, right? Like I'm someone who I'm always like spend time write it, leave it for a week, come back, see what it's saying, pick up on different things and work. And that's what I'm finding hard. I'm actually, like, fitting in the writing time for me is quite easy because writing comes quite instinctively. Like, I love a free write. I love a journal at the end of the day. Like, I've always got four new poems on the go. But what I'm struggling to find time with is is that time that the poem needs after it's been written. Um, yeah, I mean, furlough, like I'm on furlough at the moment. that's definitely helped. I've definitely got more poetry writing done than before. So when furlough ends, who knows? who knows? I feel I'm gonna, so I plan out my days to the hour. I'm that person, so I've got like a I've got a week planner, and I literally like plan out my days to the hour. How I don't know. I just have to. Have
0: to. I mean, how is it possible? (laughs) As in the so. I mean, okay. I'm
1: tempted to show you it. It's really wild.
0: I mean, you do go out of the hour every now and then, though, right? It doesn't always stick to the hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You know what? It actually actually gives me more freedom because otherwise, like, because my PhD, PhDs are time consuming things, like, right? and I feel like I'm someone who I'll get really engrossed in a task. So I will like I'm working on my literature review for my PhD now. And I'm someone who like I would get it up on the screen and I would look up five hours later and have not done anything else with my day. And then not have done any creative writing, not have done a workout, not have done any of the other things that kind of allow me to like I don't know be a balanced human Um, so I feel like planning my day out for me and like I literally set the reminders on my phone um and I and I need to because otherwise I'll just or like other way around like I'll spend I'll start a poem and I'll just get really involved in like the creative side of my brain and I'll just look up again five hours later and have not done like any PhD work for the day and have to explain to my supervisor that like things aren't ready so (laughs) it's just awkward both ways and I feel like I'm doing my PhD part-time because I kind of wanted the balance I didn't want to become someone who like spends their whole life in the library and doesn't have isn't engaging the creative side of my brain and all of that so yeah I do try to plan out my days I don't plan out my Sundays if that makes me seem a little bit less type A I don't. I don't. Sundays is like chill. So I have one day that isn't planned.
0: Sunday's God's Day. Let God plan Sunday. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sunday 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 is God's Day. He relaxed. So
0: Yeah, I find it interesting. You don't find writing a PhD creative. I, I, I always look at um researchers and stuff like that as as a creative thing. I've never understood sure. the point. Right, on a bit what what what? I guess do you find to be the difference like what what is it that you're engaging differently when you are doing research for your PhD rather than doing research for a poem
1: that's really interesting I'm thinking about that now and I suppose it is it is creative in a different way um at the moment it definitely isn't so at the moment I'm in the kind of reading stage so it's very much engaging the kind of like analytical like reading and just trying to get to grips with what's already been written on my topic and things like that so at the moment it definitely isn't creative further down the line when it's time to write I guess that's a little bit similar but it's so formulaic in the way you have to write when you write a PhD like you can't refer to it's a weird thing in academia like you can't refer to yourself you can only refer to like the thesis so you can't be like I'm gonna argue you have to be like this thesis will argue which in my mind just makes me sound like a Oh, I'm sorry. In my mind, I just sound like an idiot because I'm like, I'm argue- the thesis isn't a sentient being. The thesis can't argue anything. It's a collection of words on a document. Like the the thesis isn't doing anything because it doesn't have a consciousness.
0: The oh. disjoint between PhD and the poet. Now, <laughs> that's, that's are
1: you are you getting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh,
0: but the thesis can't argue. <laughs>
1: The thesis can't. The it can't do anything.
0: Um, because we just, yeah, we just, um, we've just been talking about your PhD, and I'm, I'm betting that like, people listen to it you be like, what is her topic? Like, what? Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, so my topic is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, so I'm looking at the the historical and the cultural significance of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Essentially, is what I'm doing because it's an awesome show and people I don't know people look at particularly black popular culture and they just kind of think oh it's popular culture but it's it's hugely significant and it reached a really wide audience and we're still talking about it now and it gave a voice to issues that were being ignored by news and other outlets so that's what I'm looking at, and I'm really enjoying it. I get to watch the Fresh Prince and call it research. So that's a really good one.
0: You just found it. You found a cheat, um cheat, cheat sheet. Cheat sheet.
1: That's I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I found a cheat sheet. It's great.
0: <laughs> like, do on there. Um, I remember you telling me. Um, you telling me about this. I remember thinking because I obviously I I moved to England. Also. Um, you know, I came here when I was about like seven, or eight. Um, and Fresh Prince was one of those. You know simulation tools it's one of those things that you know this is how people see young black men and this is how a cool young black man would um would be able to integrate in the western world be it obviously america but as everyone got references i think that was a really it was I, I i saw significance in it because you know Will smith was one of the few young black figures we really got until we got like kerching and stuff like that <laughs> Onto <laughs> like, um, BBC sort of kicking <laughs> up <laughs> proper representation. So yeah, no, that's sick, sick. Um, you've had some. Yeah,
1: interesting- that's that's so interesting to me because like you're really not the first person who said it. it's kind of like a assimilation tool, and it's interesting to me from a British perspective how much we rely on American pop culture in general as well. Um, I spoke to someone who was talking about the Fresh Prince in South Africa because that-, that era in like that decade in South African politics is wild to have the fresh prince and apparently it was like popular with all demographics
0: and that's just wild to me sounds a bit actually that is interesting uh, even like the just the relationships, south african. Uh, just relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, but everyone likes as in all demographics i find that
1: yeah well i was talking to i was talking to a white south african who was like this ed during like a really obviously yeah, shocking era in South African politics and everyone loved
0: it. What do you think? That still kind of speaks more to the whole people are able to laugh with you and not feel your pain. Because you know, black people always been seen as entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, actually now thinking about it, in, in that sense, maybe I'm not as surprised um, that they were able to, you know, yeah, enjoy the comedy. The disconnect, right?
1: It's it's the disconnect and. This is the thing about, like, obviously we need to think about this in terms of poetry as well, it's disconnect between, like, what's viewed as entertainment and what's viewed as actually something that's going to influence change, and, you know, if you're laughing with someone, are you listening to them, or, you know, you can listen to a two-minute poem or watch a 20-minute episode and then go home, and how much does that actually change things?
0: Hmm. Yeah, um, don't just listen, (laughs) feel.
1: Yeah, and I fully believe that, you know, in terms of like poetry and, and T V and any anything like that can can change the world. But it's about how you consume it, right? And yeah. who's consuming it and, and how, yeah.
0: I, I don't wanna to keep you too long. This should actually be a really good conversation. Um just <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it like. is. I don't know what all these arguments are. This is this is how we navigate through life now. Just Okay, this is all. I forget this is also audio, so I'm just making pure hand movements that no one who's listening can actually enjoy. So it's just a bit, a bit silly, isn't it? Um, so before we leave, I just wanted to ask, with regards mm. to, you know, prompts and what gets you writing, and if you've had any, if you have any prompts that you think people enjoy, or if you've had any prompts you've been given before that, you thought, oh, that's really cool. People should write like this.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to, I'm trying to pass a particular prompt on to like anyone I can, which is, I was lucky enough to do the writing room with Rachel Long. Um, And she was, she was talking about like using your name as inspiration for a poem. And I would urge anyone to do that. If you haven't written about your name or written into your name yet, it's a really interesting tool. And everyone who I've seen, follow this poem just come up with like a dope poem. So um, I would say that one. I would also urge people to to start journaling. Um I feel like there's a perception that our days aren't really interesting enough to journal at the moment because we're all just at home. But I would say keep a keep a journal and on a Sunday like go back, read through. And chances are there's a poem
0: there. I thought I mean I'm personally like there's a poem in everything, but you know.
1: Yeah exactly do you journal.
0: Uh no. Sorry. Why? <laughs> like, everyone should journal. Um. No, I I do believe everyone should journal. Um. I I um. I don't journal just because like I just don't plan it. I don't make time to do so. And my I guess my on what I would do to journal would be to film stuff. I don't know what it is. I've noticed, even, like, with my Instagram, stuff like that. I like video. I like things moving. I like things kind of talking to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, this is us journaling. <laughs> my <laughs> friend
1: keeps a video journal for five minutes
0: every night. As, you know, for me, I can't lie. It's just, it's just planning to do things. Like, I'm also very... Once I've planned to do things... And it becomes a chore. It puts me off the idea of doing things. So I like to keep things. As... Stubborn.
1: You're stubborn. If you're like, if I if I have to do it, I won't. Okay, I get you.
0: I mean, you say it like that. It doesn't sound. It, I just I just like to keep certain elements of creativity spontaneous. Is is
1: that we... that actually makes sense? I think I think that's good. I need to I need to. To, to get back into
0: a little bit of spontaneity as well i feel yeah especially i feel you know once this year when when we know that we're basically waking up waking up and being in a house <laughs> like there needs to be some random things that could possibly happen um so uh, i welcome randomness I, I welcome randomness right um oh yeah thank you thank you antonio um also, do you just want to Thank let you. know about your book, She Too's a Sailor, that's out on Bad Betty. Oh,
1: yeah. Um. So my book, She Too's a Sailor, it's been out for a while now. Yeah, but it's with Bad Betty Press. And Bad Betty are a really awesome press. They're a small indie publisher run by Jake Hall and Amy Aker, and they are awesome. And they publish dope poets. So I would urge you to like um, follow them as well, check them out. They're just, I think, in the process of announcing their upcoming
0: authors for the next year so it's really sick 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 and your book is absolutely dope um what's the what's the one the bones that's just like oh it's so good uh, I just turn what if i did into dance routine you're so made for tiktok think about this
1: <laughs> damn if i wasn't if i wasn't twenty six, i would be so good on tiktok if i was at like, 18 now I fully believe I could have made it real on TikTok.
0: Creativity has no limits, has no age limits, has no age restrictions. I mean, if you want to that 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 you one did. that you just did shows me that the dance the dancer is in you. You just <laughs> Well,
1: wow. every time Beyoncé releases a new song, I'm like, okay, I'm going to create the dance challenge for this. Like, this is gonna be my moment. I'm gonna, because you know, like, they all do the dance challenges and stuff. I'm like, this is gonna be the one I do. And then every time I go on TikTok, some like 18 year old from somewhere in America has already done it and smashed it.
0: We nearly went this whole interview and didn't talk about Beyonce. How dare we?
1: It wasn't gonna happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I was making a conscious choice not to, because I know you're a massive fan, but I was like, "Eh, we ain't gonna talk about Beyonce. Uh,
1: Yeah, but I always think like, okay, let me create like a dance challenge or like go on TikTok and do something fun. Like I'll come up with an idea for a TikTok and I'll go on it. And some eighteen-year-olds already done it every time.
0: Quit these days. Let's quit these days. It's it's the youth in them. I mean, this
1: is what I mean. I'm so proud of that generation, but they're stressing me out. All
0: right. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like this is a good place to start winding down. I feel like it's getting heated where we're we're costing eighteen-year-olds. We're making a I'm lot. I'm not of-
1: cussing. I love them all. They are a very creative, amazing generation, but they're too fast. This <laughs> is
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but no, shout out the 18-year-olds, man. Shout out to you, shout 100%. out to
1: you. 100%. Keep
0: going. Uh, but yeah, is there anyone that you would also want to just kind of shout out at the moment? Anyone you think's doing great or any collections, any anything that you've seen lately you think, yo, you're sick.
1: So I'm going to shout out two collections. I mean, they did really well. People probably have heard of these collections, but I read them when they came out, and now I've reread them. And I'm just... they collections that I feel like the more time you spend with them, the more you get from them. And Morgan Parker is probably, I would say, one definitely one of, if not my favourite, poet kind of publishing at the moment. Um, she's got two, well, two collections like the two collections I'm going to specifically mention are There Were More Beautiful Things than Beyonce and Magical Negro, and they're both just exceptional. I love them so much. Um, and I would also shout out Denise Smith, Homie, because I spent more time with that collection recently as well. So yeah, I would say if you haven't checked out those poets and those collections, they're great. And particularly like Denise Smith's collection really ties in what I was saying earlier about kind of bridging the gap between performance and page and like writing in a way where they can the work can exist in both spaces and be exceptional in both spaces
0: thank you thank you well yeah um if if people wanted to hear more or just you know get updates on what Antonia's been up to uh, check her insta which is
1: Antonia Jade King
0: um, I knew that. I just wanted you to say it. sick, sick, sick. Well then, um, thank you so much, Antonia. Very much appreciate. Thank you. you. That's a lot with your PhD and all the research. Um, thank you again for featuring. Uh, spoken Spoken stirred.
1: It's an awesome night. Everyone's so lovely. Good to see you, man. Love Good too. people. Good people.
0: They are. They are. They're. They're, they're a great bunch. Um, and somehow. Don't let me ask. Uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day. Keep safe. Peace, peace, peace. Spoken Not Stirred is produced by Studio Three Arts and is funded by Arts Council England and the London Borough of Barking and Dagenham. For more information about our work, check out our website and our social media. Search for Studio Three Arts. Thank you.